Okay. So I don't know if we need to move the picture for the people at home. So he spoke on the discerning of spirits. And uh, that's one of the gifts of the spirit, as you know. And, and so we're continuing the discussion. And, and the whole teaching of discerning of spirits is really helping us to understand what's going on in the spirit realm, what God's doing, what the Holy Spirit is doing, and also what the enemy is doing, what what demons are doing in the spiritual realm. So today I'm going to be teaching on the other part of discerning of the spirits, which is deliverance. And the message is freedom through deliverance. I just asked Josh, I said, did you know what the topic was before you put together the song set? I don't know if you think back, almost every song that we sang was about deliverance. Breaking the chains, setting the captives free. This is what the Lord wants to do in each of our lives. So it's really, it's really exciting to see what the Lord's going to do here today. Uh, this is a big topic, and we don't have time to get into a lot of the detail, but we're going to do an overview. As Mark mentioned, my lovely wife Kathy and I kind of got thrown into this ministry over 25 years ago. And, uh, you know, sometimes it can be kind of a tough ministry, but I'll tell you what, it is such a blessing when you see people set free from things that have been dogging them for years. The Bible talks about it where they saw Jesus do things and they were in awe. And I tell you, every time we, we take someone through deliverance and we see them get set free, it really is awe. It's just God's power is so amazing. The Bible tells us in both the Old Testament and the New Testament that the Lord is our deliverer. And I love that I love Psalm 68 too that says, God is to us a God of deliverances, plural. And there are many types of deliverances that He um, that He can provide to us. And we'll talk about some of that today. But when Jesus, you know, came out and, and was was baptized. The first thing, as you know, he did, he went out into the desert for 40 days. And he was out there just preparing for his ministry and being tempted while he was there. But when he came back in, the first thing he did was he went into the temple. And he, you know, in those days, they had a specific reading that they would read based on the calendar, based on the day. And on that day, it was Isaiah 61. And he stood up and he read Isaiah 61. And it's also then quoted in Luke 4.18. And, and listen to what he said. He, he gave us five reasons that he came for his ministry. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news, bring salvation to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. We can be prisoners of lots of things. We can be prisoners of finances. We can be prisoners of situations. Recovery from the sight. The blind, for the blind. He brings healing to set the oppressed free. That's what we're going to be talking about today. And to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So one of the reasons that he came was this very topic we have today. We call it deliverance. It's setting the oppressed free. Now, the word deliverance has a number of meanings in Scripture. It can be... Uh, delivering us from afflictions like uh, where we need physical healing. It could be deliverance from emotion for emotional needs that we hit, have, oppression that we have from emotional needs. There's a lot of different ways that it can be applied. 
You know, I, I want to take just a moment and, and pray a brief prayer. Lord, I pray over this, this group this morning. I come against the, I take authority over the enemy that wants to stop what you want to do here today. I pray protection over each of these here. I pray that the truth, as the truth goes forth, the truth would be received. I pray that that the lies of the enemy would, would be uncovered and that we would see many delivered and healed from things that have been oppressing them for years. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, about 85% of Jesus' ministry was actually deliverance. 85%. It just, I mean, we're here, and we'll talk about this in the moment, in, in, a, in a moment, but, you know, this, we're in the enemy's realm, right? It's the enemy that was given the earth, and I'm going to show you a verse. And so we're walking around in the middle of the war zone, and so it makes sense that we are, the major part of our battles are coming from the enemy. In Luke 11, 14, Jesus uh, we, we read that Jesus was driving out a demon that was mute. When all the demons left, the man who had been mute spoke, and the crowd was amazed and in awe. So here, we see a man that was mute, and we would think, okay, that's a physical thing. Okay, there's a problem, a physical problem, he needs healing. But in this case, and it's not always this way, it's not always one way or another, there's a real balance to this. But in this particular case, it was actually a demonic a demon was the cause of his of his uh, problem with being mute. In Matthew 18, we're told that when evening came, people brought to him many who were possessed by demons. He drove out spirits by speaking a command and healed everyone who was sick. So here's another one, and there are many, many of these references of Jesus going right after the demons and commanding them to leave and seeing the people get set free. But, I, I, you know, again, it, it, this is a balance. I love what, for those of you that saw the message last week that Dennis brought, he brought the message of balance, didn't he, about truth and spirit and the balance. And we have to stay balanced if we really want to soar in the things of God. And that's the case here with deliverance. We really need to walk in, walk in, a, in an area of balance because uh, not everything is caused by evil spirits. And we can get out of balance and start looking for them everywhere. And that's not right either. But I like what this verse says in Luke 7. At the time, Jesus, at that time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits. So he dealt with everything, didn't he? Diseases, sickness, and evil spirits. Spirits. You know, there are some that once they get involved in deliverance ministry, that's everything is based on, on deliverance. And that's just not balanced. And so I really want to caution everybody about that today. So so that's that's the word for balance. Okay? Now, uh, one of the first things Jesus taught was for all of his believers. We're all believers. How many believers do we have here today? Okay. As believers, we are all called to do the ministry of deliverance. Did you know that? I mean, it's the Bible's very clear. In Matthew, it says that we are to go out and heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, freely you have received, freely give. So we've all been called to this ministry. And over time, you, if, if you feel a calling to grow into it, we can teach you. And that's one of the things I felt like the Lord spoke to me about 
months ago. We've learned a lot in over 25 years of this ministry, and I want to pass that on to people that feel called to it. I've already had one individual who came up and said, you know, I really believe I'm called to this ministry. And so we want to help you in that area. In Luke 10, it, it also says that this, and this is great. So here Jesus sent out the, the 72. He, he gave them this command and then he sent them out and said, go out there and, and help the people, take care of the people. And they came back and they said, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. They were in awe and they were amazed and shocked that they could cast out the demons because of the authority that Jesus gave them. And that's the authority that we all have. So, so that's, you know, that's what's so exciting about this ministry. We, there's nothing to be fear, uh, afraid of. We don't need to be afraid. And, but there's, there's a number of false teachings out about this. And the enemy has really used this to rob the church from the freedom that God wants us to all have. And one of the first, um, one of the, the first uh, false teachings is that a Christian never needs to worry about having a demon. I was taught a lot of years ago when I was saved, which would be 45 years or thereabouts, that as soon as you accept Jesus, you no longer have to worry about demons or deliverance. It's just, you don't have to worry about that. And I walked in that teaching for a number of years. But I'm, the Bible doesn't tell us that. And I'm going to show you that this morning. And, and, and it really it really hampers us because, you know, when we're doing things before we come to Christ, we, we get into various things that then will haunt us. And I like, I use the word haunt. Because they will keep dogging us and keep affecting us even after we become believers if we don't deal with them. And that's what the Lord wants to do. He wants to, He came to set the captives free. Just as we were singing about today. He came to break every chain. And some of you have chains that you're hanging on to right now. And you may not even realize it's a chain. But He has come to set you free today. And I want to see you get set free here today. And that's, that's what we're looking to do. In the, uh, in the, in the New Testament, the Greek... There's been part of the problem that's come about is the, the translations. A lot of them use the word possession. And that's just not an accurate definition of what demonization is. The word in the Greek is actually daimonizomai. And it actually means to be demonized, not possessed. And so that's where the confusion comes in. Because I agree, a Christian cannot be possessed. And I'll explain that here in a moment. But we can be demonized. We can be afflicted by demons in certain ways. In um, 1 Thessalonians, we're told that we are composed of three parts. Body, soul, and spirit, right? Body, soul, and spirit. Okay. Now, when we accept Jesus as our Lord, our spirit is changed. That's where the Holy Spirit comes, indwells us, and our, the spirit man is now changed. And see, so a, a demon can never affect us in our spirit because that's, Jesus controls our spirit. So we don't have to worry about him affecting us in the spirit. But it doesn't mean that a demon cannot affect us in the body or the soul, the mind. So we can be affected by physical things or mental things that are demonic. And that's where the real problem has come in this false teaching about Christians not needing to worry about the demonic. So, I think the Bible is really clear. I'm, my spirit's protected. I never have to worry about that because I'm following Jesus Christ. 
But I do need to guard my body and my mind. And there are ways, things that we can do to guard that and protect ourselves. And that's what we'll talk about today. You know, many times people think that demon, uh, demonic oppression needs to be people that have serious mental issues. Um, uh, or that you have to really be heavily involved in the occult or Satan worship, worship of demons. You know, and they kind of take it to the extreme and say, if I'm not involved in any of that, then I guess I don't have to worry about demonic oppression. And again, that's that's the Bible. The Bible's clear that that's not true. In the Bible, we see all of these people that Jesus delivered and that the, the disciples delivered. They were ordinary, common, normal people, just like you and me. They were trying to live good lives. They were working hard. They were trying to just make this a great life. But they had a problem. They had an oppression that was affecting them. And so one of the examples that we have was um, we had uh, there was a man that brought his son to Jesus. And you might remember this story. He brought his son to Jesus, and, and the evil spirit was throwing this little boy into convulsions. He was foaming at the mouth. He was out of control physically. He was really in bondage. And uh, Jesus rebuked the evil spirit. The boy was healed, and he gave him back to his mother. And, and the, the people just were awed and marveled at the power of God. So here's a little boy. Now, what did this little boy do? Nothing. He was just a normal little boy. But for some reason, the, the, the enemy had a foothold. He, there was a foothold in his life, and, and the enemy got in there and was, a, was, was affecting him and caused him to be in this terrible state, this pain of convulsions and, and, and just being out of control. So it doesn't matter who you are, whether you're a believer or a non-believer, if you give an authority to the enemy, and there are different ways we can give authority, he then has a legal right to attack you. And so we do have to guard ourselves. And so this is what I want to I want to move into and talk about now. How he has a legal right and how we need to guard ourselves so that we can really uh, remain free of those types of demonic oppressions. A lot of times we talk about it, and you may see this. I mean, you see somebody, you see a, a new believer, or you see a believer in general, but you see they're constantly struggling with the same thing year after year. You know, it's, it's a habit that they can't break, or it's a way of living that they can't break, and they just seem blind to it. I'm not, I, you probably, everybody, I think you can all relate to that, right? Anybody Can anybody relate to that? You've seen people or you know yourself. There are things that I have been trying in my own strength to control this thing and stop this thing, and I can't do it. Okay, I, I like to call that baggage, right? We are carrying along baggage. And that there's a reason that we have that baggage. It could have come from something we did before we were a believer, or it could actually be from something that we have done since we were a believer. But one way or another, we can get rid of that baggage. So the first thing we need to understand is the authority of Satan. And, um, you know, after the fall of Adam and Eve, God gave this kingdom of the world, the kingdom of the earth, to Satan. You all know that? He's the king of, he's the, the prince of this earth. You know that? This is his kingdom. Scripture is very clear that he, he is in control of that. We are aliens. In fact, we're told we're aliens living here on this earth. Once we become a believer, 
were an alien to this earth. When Jesus was in the desert during that 40 days, do you remember how the, how the enemy tempted him? He took him up to the highest mountain on earth. And he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and his glory and their glory. And he said to Jesus, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Satan knew he had the authority to give all of this to Jesus if he would worship him. And Jesus, you know, Jesus' answer was, I worship the Lord thy God only. He wouldn't receive it. But he knew Satan had the authority to give him to that. So we're walking on Satan. Satan's territory here. And that's an important thing to understand because this is where we need to protect ourselves legally. Because we're dealing with a, a we're, we're dealing with a legal um, a, a legal right that that we can give to the enemy if we're not careful of, of how we live. Jesus in fact called him in, in John, Jesus said that Satan is the ruler of this world. And so we need the good news is though. The good news is if we stay under God's protection, the enemy cannot attack us. So we don't need to be afraid that we're walking around here in enemy land because we are under the wings of our Lord, Jesus Christ. And he protects us just like a mother hen protects the chicks underneath them. So there's no fear. I'm not preaching any fear here today. What I'm preaching is freedom. This is an encouraging message. This needs to be an encouraged message, an encouraging message for all of us. Because I am preaching about, you know, the, the word says that the Son of Man came to set the captives free. And he who is free is free indeed. And I want to be free indeed, don't you? Amen? Amen. Okay. So here's some of the ways that the enemy can attack us and the authority that we can have through the enemy can attack us. This could be things that happened to us before we were a believer. Things we got involved with and we carry them forward if we didn't deal with them. Or things that happened to us after. If we, got in, if we get involved in things like drugs or, or, or the occult, even, even crazy things that people think of games. I heard a guy on the radio, we were, we were driving home the other night and this guy was all excited about how much fun he had playing with Ouija boards. And my, my parents didn't know any of this. I was raised in a, in a Catholic church. We didn't really understand the true, full gospel. But they knew not, uh, well enough alone to say, you're not playing with that Ouija board. That's part of the occult. You know, reading horoscopes and getting involved in horoscopes, that all comes from the occult. So we need to stay away from those things. And we need to have discernment. That's where discerning of spirits comes in, where we choose. I'm not going to be involved in that because of the root that it comes from. It could be sexual sins that we've, we've been involved with. There's a lot of things, and I don't want to go into the whole list of types of sins, but there's a lot of sin that can open the door where it gives the enemy then a legal right to have a foothold in our life. Does that make sense? Now, another thing that can happen to us, and this is really, this just shows you what a, what a jerk the enemy is. He can attack us when we're so vulnerable and in innocence. And through that attack, a lie, we start to believe a lie. And that lie then opens us up to the enemy. And I think of examples. 
I think of examples like, you know, an innocent child and a hurt that happens. Mary talks about her sister-in-law who has a child, is a three-year-old. She mentioned it here one day. The grandfather gave her husband, Jim, a gift, but he didn't give a gift to her sister-in-law. At three years old, she was crushed by that. And she started believing the lie that she wasn't good enough, she wasn't worthy, that he didn't love her and God didn't love her. She got set free from that a few weeks ago when she was here. Totally changed her life. Those types of things happen all the time. You know, something could have happened to you in school. You know, how mean kids can be. And kids can, you know, they form their little clique and they push you out of the clique. And so you get crushed. I'm not good enough to be in that clique. You know, I wasn't good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not strong enough. Whatever it is, we start to, we buy into that lie and we hang on to it. And it keeps dogging us. And I've seen people, and I'm going to share some examples, people have been dealing with these kind of simple lies for 30 and 40 years. And it's destroying their life. It doesn't have to. Could be abusive people in a child's life. Abusive parent or abusive teacher or abusive, you know, other people around them. And it causes this pain because they start to believe a lie. We call that freedom from lies. We have a ministry dealing with that, but it's also part of deliverance. And when we move in deliverance, we move in both the expelling of demons where we're casting them out. Sometimes we're moving in freedom from lies where we're, and I'll explain what that is. Because it's a balance. It's a balance to get people set free. Another one that can happen is it could be a generational curse. The Bible talks about generational curses. The sins of the father can be passed down to the son. And, you know, you can look around and you see this in family patterns. You might see a family pattern where, you know, the, the, grandpa- the grandparents had a child in wedlock. The parents had a child in wedlock. The next person, it, 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 you can look at that and say, well, they're all just living that kind of a lifestyle. Well, maybe, could be, could just be bad choices, but it can also be a generational curse. Alcoholism is one that's common. We see that, like like in my family, my grandfather had a, an issue with alcohol. He got set, he got, he broke it off. I don't know how he got set free, but he did break it off. My dad had a problem with it. I was moving into it. There was a point where I was headed to becoming an alcoholic, alcoholic and then I got saved and, and got set free from it. But that can be a family pattern. So there are generational things. And so we look for those. So there are many ways that we can open the door to the enemy. And that's what we're looking at here. What are the ways? What are, you know, and as I'm, as I'm talking about different things, something may ring, ring clear with you. You may say, wow, that kind of speaks to me. Be listening to your spirit this morning. Let, let the Holy Spirit bring truth to you. Because you may say, you know what? You know, that, that clicks with me. I need, to, I need to deal with that. And then I'm going to show you how we're going to deal with it. So be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to each of you, even as we're talking this morning. Another thing is we can just do it through outright sin, right? And, and uh, Paul's very clear. He warns us not to give place to the devil. Um... You know, just that we need to guard ourselves. So sin, I mean, we, you know, if you're if you're actively involved in sin, then you need to deal with that. And that can come, through, first of all, through choice. And then maybe you need to deal with a root that's helping you cause to, to move into that sin. But I don't ever want to just say, well, it's always a demon that's making me sin. Because that's taking off the responsibility. 
Each of us is responsible to make good choices. So let's don't get into this thing of giving the blame game to the enemy. We got to take, we got to take, uh, we, we need to take take responsibility ourselves for what we're doing. So I want to share, I want to share a, a story about a man that, that we ministered to a number of years ago that was struggling with alcohol, alcoholism. It was destroying his family. That we see this so many times. That's when we typically, a lot of times, we get involved because their families are falling apart because of what's going on. And uh, some would say, well, the problem is he's an alcoholic. That's the sin. That's the problem. That wasn't actually it. As we got into it, we started praying for this person. We found there was a lot of drug abuse in the past. He had been a meth addict. And uh, he had been, you know, done all kinds of other drugs. And so when he became a believer, he said, I'm going to take control of this. And he took control of it. And he stopped everything he could, but he couldn't stop the alcohol. So, you know, he, he quit the math and he quit the other stuff, but he kept doing the alcohol and he was an alcoholic and he was always, always getting drunk. Well, as we started moving him through deliverance, and actually, uh, Francisco and I have ministered a lot together in deliverance. And uh, we were ministering to this, this man. And I'll tell you what, I've seen a lot of different things come off of a lot of different people, but this meth thing was brutal, man. This spirit of, that brought the meth. I mean, this guy turned into the Hulk. I mean, he was shaking and his neck was bulging and his back was stiff and he was, his face is contorted. And you can see this stuff on people's faces sometimes. And I'm not trying to paint a weird picture. I'm just trying to show you what kind of stuff these people are dealing with. And uh, we just kept getting him out of there, and we got him out of there. And uh, in fact, the next day, the next day, when when I was talking to him, I was trying to find out how he was doing. We always try to follow up with them and see how they're doing. He says, "Man, I feel so set free." But he says, "You know what? My neck and my back—I'm just so sore. My whole body is so sore because these things were fighting him so hard not to come off of them. I mean, it's brutal. Can be. Doesn't have to be." Sometimes it's very calm. But uh, as we kept getting into it, and we got him back down to the point where we got rid of a lot of this stuff, we got into the root, which is a lie. There's always a root. There's always a root. And if you don't get to the root, the stuff just starts coming back. And I'm going to share an example of that that's awesome. But we found the root was he grew up under this shame from his father. You're no good. You'll never be good for anything. You can't do anything right. And this is all he heard. Pounded on me, pounded on me, pounded on me. And um, so we just said, okay, let's let the Lord bring the truth. Let's ask the Lord to speak to you. Now, these, these are the kind of situations, whenever we get into doing this, it's amazing. The Lord speaks a simple truth. I love you, and you are good. And here's what you're good at. And he started speaking truth. Broke the lie. And I tell you what, you know, when you're an observer, Mark has moved a lot in this ministry and, and others here in the church. When you see it, I mean, it's like you, you see the truth. You can tell them the truth, but they're not going to receive it from you. It's such a simple thing. No, you're not a bad person. You're a good person. Look at this and this and this in your life. But when Jesus speaks it to you, it breaks the lie. And that's what happened to Debbie, to, to Mary's sister-in-law. And they're set free. 
So breaking the light, getting to the root. I mean, the enemy's the father of lies, right? And I'll tell you what, he's good at it. We got to be aware of that. Years ago, I had a, another another man come to me, and his marriage was being destroyed because he was so addicted to pornography. And that's become so easy today, right? On the internet and all that stuff. Um, now this guy is interesting. I mean, this big tough guy, nothing's going to hurt me, but he couldn't get control of this thing. There was a lot of guilt and shame. We couldn't get to it. We couldn't just, we were just not breaking through. We couldn't get through to anything. And uh, all of a sudden, I remember this. There was a word of knowledge. I had a word of knowledge. And I asked him a question. And he just looked at me. Kind of got pale. And he said, I'm going to tell you something I've never told another person in my life. When I was 10 years old, one of my neighbors, a boy down the street that was about 15, sexually abused me. And uh, so as we got into it, the lie he started to believe was, I should have stopped that. I'm strong. I don't know how big and strong he was then, but I should have stopped that. Well, this kid's five years older than He was 10, he was 15. Couldn't stop him. But he started believing that lie. And that's what he couldn't get away from all these years and all the stuff that he had tried to do. He tried to tough it out. I'm a believer. I'm going to read my Bible more. I'm going to tough this out. I'm going to get away from this. But the, the enemy had his hooks in him for that lie. He said, okay, let's see what the Lord says to you. Guess what the Lord told him? You were too young and vulnerable. You couldn't stop it. Boom. The lie was broken. Totally set free. Never had another problem with the pornography because he saw the truth and he was delivered by Jesus. This is all done in the name of Jesus, under the authority of Jesus, because Jesus has the authority over the demonic. Even though the demonic is crawling this earth, they're not controlling Jesus. Amen? Amen. So we got to break. make sure there's no legal right for somebody to get set free. we got to make sure there is no legal right for the enemy to attack. Uh, some of the things that uh, this generational one, I want to share this generational one. This is, this is important because this one's very dramatic, but yours could be much simpler. And you can see the patterns in your family and others' families. We had a lady that came to this church a couple of times, and she was an Indian lady. She was from India, and she would not mind me sharing this. Uh, she came, strong believer. She said, I really want to meet with you and go through some deliverance. I said, really? Okay. So we met. Um, I said, tell me about yourself. She goes, I'm a strong believer. I was raised as a guru. I, I became a, a guru. And for those of you who don't know, gurus are the the people in the Hindu culture, the Hindu religion that are just moving up the ladder to get more and more power. And they're worshipped by those that are around them. They bring them money and gifts and they worship worship them as a guru. They're spiritual leaders. She got out of that. She got set free. She became a believer. But she says, um, but my, my husband's in bed. He's a Hindu. He's not a believer. He's in bed and he has pus pockets all over his body. He can't get out of bed. He's so weak. He's an engineer. They're both very well educated. He couldn't get out of bed. He was so weak. 
This pus bucket, she goes, the, she said, the room smells terrible because this stuff is oozing out of his body. I want prayer for him, for my children, and for me. So we said, okay, well, let's start with you. She was with us. So we started praying for her. And, and um, this is amazing. I kind of mentioned it once or twice here, but she says, there's something weird. She goes, look at my tongue. And she stuck her tongue out, and it looked like it had, it looked like a snake was tattooed on her tongue. It looked like a serpent. She goes, I don't know what that is, but it, it started, this started happening to me sometime back. So we're praying, and Kathy was ministering and with me, and she got a, she, Kathy really moves in discerning spirits, and she saw this demonic spirit behind her. I never see him. I'm so glad. I don't want to see him. I just want them to go. I just want to know they're gone. And the people will tell you when they're gone. They know when they're gone. She said, I see this thing, and she described it, and the lady just opened her eyes. She goes, that's the goddess of whatever. I don't even try to remember the name. I don't want to give that god, god of glory in this place. But she said, that's our family god. That's who I grew up worshiping. That's who I worshiped as a guru. So we we got rid of that thing. We cast it out, expelled it, got rid of it. And guess what? The thing on her tongue left right before our eyes. I mean, it was gone. Generational spirit. So... Um, she went home. She told her husband what happened. He got excited. But so what they did is they actually found a Catholic priest. And Catholic priests, some of them know how to do this stuff, right? They call them exorcists. He was in New York. And they got on the phone, and he delivered this guy over the phone. Now, we've done deliverance over the phone, and we've seen people set free over the phone. But for some reason, anyway, she got connected with him, and he did this guy woke up the next morning. The pus pockets were healing on his body. He was full of energy. He got up out of bed. He'd been delivered. Now, no, that's not the good news. There's bad news. He wasn't a believer. They didn't move him into becoming a believer. So guess what he did two weeks later? He ran right back to his Hinduism, started worshiping his Hindu gods, and he was back in bed with pus pockets. you got to be safe, too. Or you fall right back into the same trap. Here are some of the things that I want you to be thinking about that maybe you know somebody's struggling or you could be struggling with. It can be mental issues. It can be irrational, emotional breakdowns or physical problems, right? It could be uh, weaknesses to things like anger, hate, lust, unnatural desires, uh, same-sex attraction, um, irrational feelings, thoughts. Depressions, fears, irrational, obsessive worrying, compulsive behaviors. Now, I want to I want to clarify this because we all have fears, right? We all worry. That doesn't mean it's demonic oppression, okay? It means maybe we just worry. Maybe we just need to get a little more peace. Maybe we got to work through something. So it's it. I think it's it's an inordinate amount of fear. It's an inordinate amount of, a, of, a, of any of those things. Anger. I mean, we all get angry. I don't know. I get angry. Does anybody in here get angry besides me? But, I mean, if anger, if anger drives you, if you live in, a, in anger, and you can't control anger, then, you know, maybe, what, maybe we need to deal with something. So I don't want you to start looking behind every scene, a sin. For, for demons. I remember when I first got into this years ago, um, 
There was a book I was reading, and they, they, these people were so whacked out. They, they had a couch, and because people would lay on the couch and fall asleep, they said there's a spirit of slumber in the couch. They started casting out the spirit of slumber. I think that's a little out of line. You know, uh, let's, 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 let's do the balance. So what I want to do this morning, we have time. I want to move into a time of prayer now. Um, I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to pray over all of us. I want you to just be open to the Lord and see if the Lord, maybe he's already kind of tugged your collar a little bit on something I said. I want you to just be open to that. And we're going to pray over that. And uh, then we're going to do what I call a group deliverance. We can deliver these things in a group. We can do them one-on-one. It kind of depends on how you know how tough the whole deliverance is. So we're going to do a group deliverance today. So there may be some things in your in your that you're dealing with and we want to take care of that. Okay? You open to do that? Alright. Lord, I just everybody close your eyes. I want everybody to close your eyes. And as everybody's eyes are closed, first of all, I want anyone who already has sensed, you know, I have an issue in this area, I want to do it. I want you to raise your hand, just so I have an idea. Nobody's looking. You know, everybody's eyes are closed. Okay. I see I see a number of hands here. I see about six or eight hands. Okay. Lord, I pray over all these here this morning. I pray that you would allow us to really understand the truth of your word. Those of you at home can be doing this very same thing. Speak to me, Lord, about those areas in my life that you want to cleanse. You want to bring healing. You want to bring deliverance. You want to set me free. Speak to me about those things in my life right now. still in a, in, a, in a prayer, as we still stay in a time of prayer here, I want you to raise your hands again now, so maybe the Lord's revealed something else, something to you. Anybody else, raise your hands. More hands are up. Okay, I come against each of these, each of these things that people are struggling with and dealing with, and I come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I command you to release them. Go, every demonic presence must leave now in the name of Jesus Christ. You have no authority to be in each of these. As I'm praying over you, I want you to agree with the prayer I'm saying. Just, you know, even verbally, I want you to whisper it. Nobody's going to hear you. You have masks on. I want you to just, just say this prayer and agree with me. I command you, spirit of whatever it is, I command you to leave me now in Jesus' name. You have no authority in my life. Take your hands off of me and go. I'm a child of Jesus Christ. You have no authority to be in my life. I pray, I just say, every demonic presence must leave now in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I just pray that you would fill each of these now with your Holy Spirit. Fill them with love. Fill them with your peace and your presence and your joy. In Jesus' name. 
we'll just say a couple couple more things here as I close. Sometimes it takes somebody who can help you. You may have some issues that you're dealing with. Talk to uh, the elders, to, to Mark and Mark, John, Mark, Mark. That's an old joke, right? <laughs> talk to the elders. You can talk to me. Uh, we'd be happy to, you know, we set up a time to get together and, and lead you through deliverance. We can do it in person or we can do it by Zoom. It works both ways. But sometimes the things are just bigger. And sometimes you need to learn. One of the things that we've learned to do over the years is we don't just deliver a person. We teach them how to do their own deliverance. Because you need to... It's not like it's even a one-time thing. Because you may fall back into it. Sometimes it's a little hard to stay away. And, and we have what's called a familiar spirit. And you kind of drift back to it and allow it. And you just, but you can take authority over it and stop it right then and there. It doesn't, you don't have to let it get a foothold. So we teach people how to, how to do their own deliverance. Do self-deliverance. And... Uh, so we can help you with that. So, uh, and Or if you really feel a calling, and there may be some of you that really feel a calling to, to, to move in this ministry, then we're, we're going to look at doing something in that area down the road here and do some teaching and training and get involved. So appreciate the time. Bless you. Mark, did you have anything else this morning? So go in freedom. He... Okay. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. Go in freedom today. Mark has something he's going to share. Just crossed my mind that uh, that was a really good and broad teaching. The thing is, it raises a whole lot of questions. And I think we have a little bit of time left. And Gary, if you would be willing to just maybe go over there in that corner and be available. If you've got questions about this ministry uh, for yourself or for somebody else, or just general questions, go over and ask Gary and Kathy. Kathy, if you could join him over there. And I'll go over there too. And we'll spend a few minutes talking about uh, hopefully answering your questions. Other than that, go get your kids and... Go have lunch. We'll see you next Sunday. If you want to linger a little bit for a few minutes, I'm going to continue worshiping here. You're more than welcome to come up, pray for each other, worship together. Let's do it.
so good, so good.